podcast is sponsored by Ulrich and Short. Are you looking to reformulate and simplify your products to meet consumer demands? Ulrich and Short are designers and suppliers of clean and plant-based functional ingredients. Helping food manufacturers to solve process challenges, simplify label declarations and improve nutritional profiles. To speak to a development technologist, visit www.cleanlabelingredients.com. Welcome to the O for Food's Sake podcast, where we unwrap the joys and struggles of working in the food industry so you can thrive in what you do best while sustaining a rewarding and fulfilling career or business. We are your hosts. Lucy Wager, food industry consultant, and Amy Wilkinson, food industry coach. We've worked in the food industry for the last 20 years, and we're here to share with you the benefit of our hindsight. Our podcast is for you to find new ways to cope with the daily struggles, but mostly to inspire you to work on what's not working to ultimately improve your career or business long term. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of O for Food's Sake. Today we are talking about liquidating businesses (laughs) and I'm laughing because it sounds like quite a dramatic episode doesn't it really? Well we've just sort of we just don't want a redundancy so it's like let's have a couple of episodes on doom and gloom. (laughs) Yes exactly but yes I, I wanted to talk about it really because I liquidated my business Podology in 2019 and at the time, and obviously this is just before COVID, it was four months really before COVID struck us all. And I hadn't really ever spoken to anyone about business liquidation or administration or you know anything. I'd never had a conversation with anyone really about it. I was aware of it as most of us are, but I didn't know any of the detail. And then I had this very personal experience with it and learned quite a lot. And actually sort of came out the other side in a much more positive way. And we've talked about that in the podcast a lot. Mm. I think it will be quite interesting to people because it's another one of those things that doesn't get talked about, isn't it? Like that's what we love to do is talk about the things that don't get talked about. And actually you hear about, you know, there's lots of businesses liquidating at the moment and you you sort of hear about it, but it's like, what does that actually mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you exactly. sort of hear about the effects of it and stuff like that. But I think it's going to, it's like, what does it actually mean? How does it happen? But you know, I'm also going to ha- ask you about how you felt about it too, yeah. Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, about to be honest, and I, and I want to say at the beginning, I am not an expert at this. I've done it once and I was prepping for this episode yesterday and I, I actually can't remember quite a lot of the technical stuff about it which Mm -hmm. so if you're listening to this hoping to have like a step-by-step instruction of how to do it I'm afraid you're not going to get that (laughs) (laughs) well there's consultants out there that do that right (laughs) yeah but I think I thought it was important because yes I think the reason we've been stimulated to do it now is because over the last nine to twelve months I've had quite a few people contact me who know that I went through it asking for my advice and you know things are really difficult at the moment and businesses are falling by the wayside and people are making the decision to close their businesses because you know the situation that we've all found ourselves in is very different to what it was five years ago Mm. 
um, and business success rate, you know, there are always businesses that, that don't work for whatever reason. But I think at the moment, people are feeling particularly vulnerable. So I thought it was a really good timing to have this conversation. And I think I went into, I started my business knowing, you know, with my eyes wide open, knowing that it could fail in inverted mm-hmm. commas. Mm-hmm. But even so, I didn't really know what that actually meant. And it wasn't until it actually happened that, that I really did. And there's, there's three main reasons why I wanted to do this podcast. Um, I think it's really important to have a basic understanding because if you're going into business, you want to go in with your eyes wide open. Yeah. And you sort of want to know what the worst case scenario is going to be, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think I did. But the downside of that is that I I lived like every day fearful Mm. that it would happen. Mm. And then I think some people don't go in with that knowledge or, or don't consider that as an end result. And then that can, Mm. you know... People put their houses on the line. You know, you you can you can cause some serious financial damage to yourself. Yeah, um, it's actually it's interesting because we've had quite a few founders on, haven't we? And a lot of them have said that if they knew what they knew now, they probably wouldn't have done it. But they, it's a bit like having kids, isn't it? You sort of like it's ruined my life, but it's been the best thing in my life, yes. kind of thing. Yes, and it's but but there are some. I guess it's understanding that if you're doing things and you're securing a business with your personal assets, it's not. It's different. You know, that's that's serious business versus not doing that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And just just having that as a basic basic understanding, I think, is important. And I also think it's it is a bit of a taboo subject because people don't really talk about it. And one thing that I found is when I, I when I posted that video on LinkedIn and I told people that I was liquidating my business. I was amazed at how many people contacted me who I knew who, mm. you know, opened up to me and was like, you know, I've been through this before as well. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize that. And, they were, and you know, people were really, you know, some people contacted me and said, you know, I think you're really brave talking about this. And, I, and I, you know, I've said this before, I didn't really realize I was being brave and, until I sort of did it. And I was like, oh, actually, this is, you know, something that people don't normally talk about. And I think that has changed a bit because the conversations are more open now. And then lastly, it was because people have been contacting me. So I thought it's something that people do want to hear about and understand mm-hmm. a little bit more. So I thought sharing my experience would be a good way of doing that. Mm-hmm. So tell us what, well, tell us your, what happened for you, I guess, because that, that is it's about your experience, isn't it? Like you say, rather than being a, this is the one size fits all. Yeah, yeah. So, well, before I do that, I'm just going to give a, you know how we like to give a definition. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, diction definitions always. <laughs> I thought I'd give a definition of, of what liquidation is. So Thomas Root's um, Practical Law defines it as also known as winding up, an insolvency procedure under which the assets of a company are realized and distributed to creditors by the liquidators in order to provide for the Insolvency Act 1986, blah, blah, blah. Um, there are two modes. Even that statement doesn't make any sense to me, but sorry, carry on. <laughs> there are two <laughs> modes of liquidation, compulsory liquidation following a court order and voluntary liquidation instigated voluntarily by the members of the company. Okay. Unlike the insolvency procedure administration, liquidation always results in the disillusion of the company. So uh, okay. that's the key difference between liquidation and going into administration okay because so, you do hear that don't you i'm thinking of some businesses that i've heard of recently that have gone into administration that doesn't yeah. 
always necessarily end in the company disappearing yes yeah but and I don't really understand the intricacies of that and you need to ask someone that's much more financially aware but um yeah so the liquidation always results in the company not existing anymore Mm -hmm. um so voluntary liquidation is what I went through with podology and it's by far the most common um and it's where the basically all the shareholders vote to liquidate the business most usually because they realize that the business is insolvent Mm. Um, which basically means that there isn't enough money coming in to cover what's going out. And that's what happened to you, wasn't it? That exactly. It was like a long-term, one of your, the supermarkets pulled out yes. and you were like, I'm never, I'm going to have to feed this money in yeah. to keep the business going. Yeah. So for seven, so I ran Podology for seven years and for the whole uh, lifetime of, of the business, we'd always been in this massive growth period. So we started the business and we'd be making desserts and we'd we'd have new customers coming on all the time and even where we might have had a d-list from somewhere we always had a bigger listing that was coming in and was replacing that and more so we were always in growth so there's always and anybody that's that started a food business and or any business there's always cash flow challenges. So you've got this challenge where you're you're sending product out and then you're waiting for payments to come in and, it, and it's that cash flow challenge. So we lived mm-hmm. in a cash flow challenge for the, for the whole lifetime of the business, which is completely normal. But the the turning point for me came when, yes, we we lost and we could see this coming because obviously we'd been having these conversations with with the retailer. And it got to the point where I can't remember whether we had actually delisted or it was the month before we were delisting. And we had some other opportunities on the horizon, um, but they were just sort of not quite coming off. And so we were in, it was the beginning of September and I was sat looking at this financial spreadsheet and looking at, you know, like I sort of did regularly. And I was looking at it thinking to to keep us going until January, we're going to have to put this amount of money in. And it was the first time ever that I was looking at that and it wasn't a cash flow issue. It was a, mm-hmm. an issue that we just didn't have enough volume. And that was a real light bulb moment isn't the right word, but it was a recognition, the first time ever in seven years where I hasn't, you know, I'd asked the question, oh my God, what am I doing? This is so hard. This is killing me, you know, all of mm-hmm. that. But this was a, it was a very black and white situation for me. Yeah. And I, I think I called my dad and I was like, well, we, we, you know, we can't do this anymore. And we sort of talked around it. And the thing was, the big difference for me was, you know, there's a whole other episode on sort of my passion for the business and what it had done to me and everything mm-hmm. else. That episode is called Knowing When to Quit. <laughs> yeah. If you want to go and listen to it. I think there was a real, there was a recognition that it was, a much bigger risk than it had financially than it had been mm. before because before there were there was there were always customers coming on the other thing to say is that i knew we were losing this space to a much bigger brand mm. with yeah. much more money so this wasn't and, about fighting space with other little challenger brands or whatever yeah. this was the big boys have come in and they're going to take this yeah. space and i'm and never going to be able to fight them back yeah and it was a sign of the times and mm. You know, we'd been a part of starting this, you know, carving this new category, basically. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't feel like 
I wanted to be in that anymore in the guise that I was playing in it because mm-hmm. it was going to start costing, you know, too much money potentially. Mm-hmm. So it's worth saying that we were a self-funded business. So it was, we weren't funded by investors. And Which is quite unusual really, isn't it? It, you know, there's it, there's, yeah. a, there's a mix out there. A lot of people go after investment, don't they? Yes. And you'd, yeah. you'd always avoided that, hadn't you? You didn't want to have, have external investors. Yeah. And I think as well, you know, when I first started, challenger brands were pretty new. You know, it was mm-hmm. still early days. And there, there are a lot more players in that market, broad market now. And the thing about when, when you've got investment, so the, the money that you need to keep going some brands would well you can call that the burn rate so it's how much money you're burning through every month to get to you know your end goal so some businesses will build that into their business plan and i took the decision at that point that i you know we can't afford to burn that money basically a lot of money yeah but but there are businesses that will have a burn rate built into their business plan. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, I think that's important. And so to if you'd had that, there was, I guess that the point is that if you'd had that and you'd got that contingency in there, there might, may have been an opportunity that had come up that would then backfill what you needed it to. Yeah. But there was the uncertainty and actually looking at the market conditions, you could exactly. see that was highly unlikely because yeah. the big boys were coming in and taking over the category. Exactly. And then, mm. you know, that balanced with, you know, so there's a, like a financial balance and, you know, is that money there to, to do it? And then yeah. there's the, do I want to do it, even if the money yeah. is there type of thing. And by this point, you're seven years in, seven years of hard slog, two kids later thinking what, you know, it it, it must have had a bearing on that decision yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. So in because you have to have all shareholders agreeing to the liquidation it's a pretty mm-hmm. sim- easy equation because if you know if you're going to burn through x amount of money and you haven't got that money then that's the decision basically yeah, yeah. that's um, why people do it voluntarily because they can see the yeah. alternative is lose yeah. load of money why would you do and that the, and the quicker you do it at that point well basically it's illegal to in knowledge, knowledgefully, knowingly, yeah, like deliberately, knowingly, knowingly yeah. to keep trading a business that is insolvent mm-hmm. because you're essentially making the business's debts to its creditors even bigger and bigger and yeah. bigger. And that's yeah. just not very ethical. And I've heard a few of those of, of late of business, mm. like distribution businesses that have done that and they've knowingly, mm. well, it's, just, it's suspected that they've known that that's coming and it's upset quite a few people, hasn't it? Yeah. And it's, you know, I think it's, it's maybe it's a hard thing because who does know? Like who in, in those bigger businesses, it's, it's hard to know who knows. Mm. And it's hard also to know, if people are doing it um, knowing, knowingly for the wrong reasons, yes, you know, yeah, with a, with a, a, a bad intent. intention of yes. um, writing off those debts themselves yeah. for themselves, yeah. or whether it's because they are falsely thinking that there's going to be a lifeline out there. Yeah, yeah. So, and when I did, when I talk about this, I talk about 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 it happening really quickly, and I and I really mean that, like it. 
you know, I had that, I looked at the spreadsheet and I think probably the next day is when I set the wheels in motion or, you know, it it really, Mm. really was that quick. Um, and so I thought it'd be useful to talk about that very early initial stage, because I think the people that come to me, they're sort of at that stage of thinking, Mm -hmm. I don't think I can keep doing this. I think my business is going to be insolvent. I'm not sure where I'm going to get any more money from. Can this continue? And yeah. So, so what, so the wheels in motion, how do you like? So I, well, the first thing that I did is I spoke to my accountant. So, and he, um, put me in contact with, um, a liquidator that he knew, cause I didn't even know that like, there's like, you know, they're, they're accountants that become liquidators. That's what they mm-hmm. do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Hey, people don't know that, you know, people, <laughs> the jobs we do have no clue that they exist. So yeah, it's the same thing, exactly, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was just yeah. something that I'd never sort of looked at. So he, he put me in touch with somebody and I think I found someone else to speak to as well, because I wanted to sort of get a, um, you know, I don't like to just like speak to one person and do that one thing. Um, and so I, I went for, it was actually on my 37th birthday. I had my first liquidation meeting. Happy birthday. <laughs> and it's so funny because there's a lot of, of around this time. I don't, I don't really remember that. I don't, but I really clearly remember this meeting, maybe because it was on my birthday and it was in Birmingham. I like, I got the train and I remember the walk and I, I spoke to my friend afterwards and I just remember everything really, really vividly. And that was sort of when I got an idea of the the steps that would I'd need to take. And I also wanted to get an idea of the, the cost, um, which I also thought would be quite useful to share because that's a question that I've also been asked. And again, this is like, you know, don't quote me on this, but it's between, it was, and I think it still is having had some more recent conversations between about six and 10,000 as a very, very ballpark starting point. And it all depends basically on the complexity of the business and the Mm. creditors involved because it's the time that the liquidators take on liquidating your business. Yeah. And my experience was also different because it happened during COVID, well, it happened covid then hit and so Mm -hmm. we were really affected by covid and it really like the length of time just went on and on and on and on you can imagine because people weren't in the offices yeah and you know things just were very very abnormal so i have no idea what a normal length of time is for for this do you know what i just think it actually there's so many things that haven't recovered from that sort of thing you know i'm Mm. thinking about and you know (laughs) i went fat registered and it took like five months for that to come through you know there's loads anything where there's some sort of bureaucracy i don't think we've actually recovered from that post covid yet yeah so it probably still take a while wouldn't it yeah exactly and basically you hand over you you in in very simple terms you basically give the liquidators the controlling rights of the business so my experience was you you basically you hand everything over to them and mm. Yeah, everything you, the business owns, yes. like all the assets, everything. Yeah, all the assets. And you, you, so you have to give them, I, I remember like packing up, like, all, you know, how you keep your accounts for a certain number of years. I packed everything up and I was like, oh, I'm written. They were like, don't worry about it. We just, just put everything in a box. And you just literally send them everything. You give them access to ev- all your files, everything financial. Mm. And for me, like it was this, it was a quite a weird, you know, having, 
had this business for seven years, it's it's a really strange feeling. But also for me, there was a sense of relief, which I mm. think speaks volumes of the sort of mindset that I was in at the time. And, mm. the, and you know, it was the right thing for, to, to do for me personally. Uh, and I, th- I think this is why like, I, I can't really remember the, like any formal structure or anything. I just remember sort of going through the motions. I think, you know, when you sort of go through something that's quite emotionally like that, you go mm. through the motions of signing things, reading things, sending things, you know, forms. They were requesting stuff from me. Um, but the big thing that I wanted to talk about was the the brand itself, so the ownership of the brand. So the business owned the brand um, and the trademark and everything. Mm-hmm. And this is important because I didn't want – because it's an asset of the business – it has the opportunity to be sold. And yeah. I really didn't want anyone else to be able to own the podology brand mm-hmm. because I'd, because, uh, you know, I wanted it. it. Was yours. It was mine. It was my <laughs> mm. first baby, basically. Mm-hmm. And I was having conversations with people about, you know, because people contacted me, I've talked about this before, about, you know, what could we do with with it but we only want to do it if we do it with you and and I didn't and like through this process I'd come to the realization I didn't want to do anything and certainly not yet or and there's restrictions around what you can do and if you do do something that makes a profit from that business or the or an asset from the business then you that is owed to the creditors now mm-hmm. I should also say that so my case is is every case is very different but I was the biggest creditor so mm-hmm. you know there's it, there were still other creditors but mm-hmm. I was the biggest mm-hmm. but I wanted to own the pedology brand so I I I went through the the process so I bought the pedology brand and I always talk to people about this mm-hmm. who come to me for you know, advice and my story of the liquidation, mm. because that was something I just, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't even yeah. think about it. Yeah. We have to think about that with the, um, overfood sake trademark that is owned <laughs> yeah. by our businesses. <laughs> but you know, it is, it is something to think about, isn't it? And it's, um, I'm thinking about, you also hear about businesses that not necessarily going to go into liquidation or whatever, but that are bought out by bigger brands and then they get, kind of get rid of the founder don't they or or whatever you know they they push those people out yeah. because effectively they just want it to buy the brand they might yeah. buy the whole business but it's all about getting that trademark and the brand yeah which i guess could have you know, you know that's that's what you're talking about you don't want other people benefiting from your no from the brand so you still own the brand pedology yeah mm-hmm. yeah and you know again there was only it, it's more complicated if you've got investors and yeah. you know lots of shareholders and things like that but it was just something that I just didn't know about. So when I when I first, before we started the podcast and when is, this had first happened and I sort of came out of it not really knowing what I was going to do and sort of, you know, quite quickly, well, I was approached to do consultancy work and that is still what I'm doing sort of three years down the line, well, more than three years now, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want the, this is, well, I was just, um, so this morning I was telling my dad because he's living with us at the moment because he's hurt his leg 
he's like, what are you doing today? I said, I'm doing these episodes and I'm doing a one on the, and he's like, oh my God, that's going to be depressing. And I was like, well, not because my dad's like really more hurt about the pedology failing than I am. <laughs> he's, um, he's holding on to the shame, is he? Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he, he just loved that. He just loved it. He'd go back into the pedology kitchen in a heartbeat, I think. Oh, he misses it. Yeah, he does. But for me, I don't want it to be, and I think this is the thing, it's like it, it wasn't a very nice thing to go through. No. But the, the outcome has, has been positive for me and yeah. that, you know, the, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I think for anyone that is, is going through it or thinks they may have to go through it, that was a, the big message that I wanted to, to share was that it's not all doom and gloom. And there right. is light at the end of the tunnel. And for me, you know, it was the start of my consultancy. It was the start of this podcast. Mm. Um, and I, It is one of those one clo- door closes, another one opens situations, isn't it? And I'm just thinking back to the episode that we did about redundancy. It's the same thing. You you know, that, you were like, exactly oh, it's not going to, re- I'm not going to add anything to this because I've not been made yeah. redundant, but it's effectively the same thing. It's just, well, you know, whole, it's your own business or you're in a business that's liquidated, it's still that same feeling that it feels like the world is ending. But usually, and like nine times out of 10, when you speak to people, it was the push that they needed, or it was, you know, it's led to another opportunity. We bounce back more than we realise we're going to, don't we? We do. And before, I think it was probably around this time, three years ago, maybe a bit later than this, I started writing a book about the liquidation process mm-hmm. and I only I, I, I only did like a chapter but I did there's quite a it's quite yeah, I've read it, it. It's I remember quite, you sent yeah. it to me like really early on you were like can you help me yeah. write this book we haven't got around to it <laughs> no but I hadn't read it probably for two years and I thought well in preparation for this I'll get back into that sort of and I read it and it, it was, I made me feel quite emotional reading it because I, I was I'm obviously now you know three years later in quite a different mindset, but I read mm. that and the emotion was still very much there at that point. And mm. I just wanted to read a little extract that sort of touched me because I'd sort of, anyway, I'll read it and then tell you what. So the thing that surprised me the most was that I didn't feel like a failure myself at the point of liquidating the business. It's fair to say I felt quite numb and very sad for all the potential of the brand that was now gone. And there was also a fair amount of guilt wrapped up in there too, which still lingers and always will, because the reality of liquidation is there are casualties both financially and emotionally. And I read that and I was like, God, yeah, I do mm. still feel like that. Mm. I'd sort of forgotten that I felt that raw about it. Yeah. Um, but it is always like, it's a big part of me. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a big part of, and I spoke, I think now, I re- I focus really on the the, the positives of what mm-hmm. came out of it, and my day to day is still very much about all the positives that came out of it because that's what I do. I, I use my experience yeah. to the to the better mm-hmm. um, for for the podcast and for my clients. But I do think I have from that person that was there. I was so committed to making a difference to myself and. Mm-hmm doing all the right things and taking the learnings from pedology. And I think you'll know, Amy, I think in the last year I've let that slip. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, 
I need to work on. Not for, I, I take the learnings from a business perspective, definitely for clients, but I've let it's myself linger. Yeah. Um, so it's been quite useful. It's going to get emotional, people. Uh, but do you know what, Lucy? Thank you for sharing that because, and and I do think that it it is in those moments of reflection when we look back and we realise those things. You know, you've taken a moment to take stock. You can now say, actually, I've recognised those things that I, I, you know, I've let slip, and I'm I'm starting to run yourself ragged, mm. um, and all of those sorts of things. And and I find the same, you know. I talk about my burnout and then, you know, I'll be talking about it. I'll do a talk on it and I'm like, oh my God, you're going there again. Like, mm, you, you know, mm. you're pull, pulling yeah. yourself back. Yeah. So, it, and the point is that you've got the awareness now, whereas you just went down that rabbit hole yeah. that time. Now you're, you know, you can see it and you can do something about it and stop it. So that is the key to like developing personally from a bad thing that's happened effectively, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, yeah, definitely. And I, I was reading that thinking, oh, I'm going to have to start sharing some of the stuff that I've written here because it's like, it's actually really pertinent, especially now because the world has changed since I first wrote that. Mm. So, yeah, yes. Well, maybe you need to be reprioritizing and, re- and writing that book this year. Maybe. 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 <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, if anybody wants to get in touch and you know, talk about it in any more detail, then I'm I'm always happy to, because I think it's, it, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to write the book as well, because there's not much discussion about it mm. in, in the open and, you know, businesses yeah. do fail. Mm. Well, and thank you for your honesty today, Lucy. I know people will have found it really interesting to listen to, so. No worries. And we will see you next time, Pete. See you next time. Thank you for joining us today and we hope that this has been useful to you as ever we would love it if you could rate and review the podcast on your podcast app it really does help us reach and support more foodies out there we'd also love it if you'd come and join us in the facebook group the over food sake community and if you want to get in touch with us personally lucy is available for consultancy advice and training and can be found on linkedin as lucy wager And if you want to reach out to Amy for any one-to-one coaching, group facilitation or training, then contact her on LinkedIn at Amy Wilkinson Coach. Thanks for listening and see you next time. See you next time. This podcast is sponsored by Ulrich & Short. Are you looking to reformulate and simplify your products to meet consumer demands? Ulrich and Short are designers and suppliers of clean and plant-based functional ingredients. Helping food manufacturers to solve process challenges, simplify label declarations and improve nutritional profiles. To speak to a development technologist, visit www.cleanlabelingredients.com.